Before we get to today's show, we've been telling you about FT Edit, an iPhone and iPad app that gives you access to eight of the FT's best stories every weekday. The app just celebrated its first birthday and more than 120,000 downloads. Articles on the app have been read over 5 million times by readers in almost every country in the world, and this is your chance to join them. It's less than a buck a month for six months. Find the link to download the FT Edit app in our show notes. Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Monday, April 3rd, and this is your FT News Briefing. This week, we'll see a historic moment when a former U.S. president turns himself into prosecutors. My suspicion is this case itself will not be the one that really does damage to Trump's re-election prospects. And Beijing has a tough new foreign policy approach. Plus, OPEC is not playing nice with the West. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. This week, former President Donald Trump will turn himself into New York prosecutors. They indicted him last week on charges that will be revealed tomorrow. The FT's U.S. managing editor, Peter Spiegel, describes what's likely to be a gripping scene. He's going to have to show up in court in lower Manhattan. He's going to be arrested. He's going to be fingerprinted. There's going to be mugshots. Uh, he's going to be arraigned. There's going to be bail set. I mean, sort of being treated like a, a, any other sort of common criminal, you know, almost out of a TV serial. So, you know, we're going to see the former president of the United States treated like a common criminal. Peter, as we mentioned, details of the charges will be unsealed tomorrow. We know that the case is related to money that he allegedly paid in 2016 to a porn star he allegedly had a relationship with to keep that porn star Stormy Daniels quiet. What else do we know at this point about the the charges? Well, look, I mean, a crime has been committed, or at least alleged, by Alvin Bragg, who's the, the, the relatively new district attorney here in Manhattan. But what we understand about the case is is that it is sort of hush money payments. And so it's sort of a campaign finance violation because campaign money was used and it was a misuse of the campaign money, $130,000. So it's not a major case. So you have you have on the Democratic side, you have, OK, there is a law that's been broken and no man is above the law. On the other hand, on the Republican side, there's an argument that, OK, uh, and they made this argument that if this was John Doe who was accused of this this kind of crime, it's unlikely that he would have been charged. Certainly not of a felony. There's there's misdemeanor campaign finance violations, but the theory of the case that Bragg is likely to use sort of twists in the law in, in several ways in terms of predicate crimes that have to be approved and these kinds of things. It's 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 a very very uh, weak case to be honest with you when you talk to any any legal expert. So it sounds like there's a chance, a good chance maybe, that the charges don't stick. What happens if that's the case? Well, look, I mean, I would say that there are three other cases being built right now. Georgia's is likely the next one down the pike. That is a much more consequential case. That is election tampering, and there's audio tapes. There's a prosecutor there, also uh, elected Democrat, and almost everyone who's looked at that case says that's a much stronger case. You know, the incident is much more consequential. All right, paying off a mistress to shut up. It's immoral and maybe illegal, but come on, this is not... A, a case that that's going to you know set the country on fire. Trying to pressure the governor and secretary of state of Georgia to overturn a proper election—that is the foundations of our democratic system. That's a serious case, and so I think if the New York case ends up falling apart, I think a lot of people would just shrug and say next. And the next ones are the big ones. You know, this is um, in the case of Georgia, 
an attempt to, to overthrow a rightful election. The federal government, the, the Justice Department has two cases, one of the Mar-a-Lago uh, document, classified document case. And in January 6th, it's an insurrection. I mean, those are way more consequential cases than a, than I paid off a, 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 a mistress. So, I mean, I think that although this sets the precedent and is historic, the serious cases are the ones yet to be brought. Peter Spiegel is the FT's U.S. managing editor. Thanks, Peter. Always a pleasure, Mark. OPEC Plus yesterday made a surprise announcement that they're cutting oil production. Saudi Arabia and other oil producers in the group say they'll reduce output by more than 1 million barrels a day. Our U.S. energy editor, Derek Brower, says this is a really big deal for a couple of reasons. One is that the global economy doesn't look terribly healthy to a lot of people, or at least it looks like it could be in peril at some stage. And inflation remains a problem. And oil prices are a huge contributor to inflation. So the idea that Saudi Arabia would be trying hard to raise oil prices would be pretty annoying to a lot of Western governments that have been trying to drive them down and to, to beat back inflation. That's one thing. Second is the politics. It shows that the US-Saudi relationship is fraying or frayed. And it also shows that Saudi Arabia remains a pretty critical ally of Russia. Russia was the one who a couple of weeks ago insisted that it was going to keep cutting oil production in retaliation to Western countries and their effort to impose a price cap on Russian crude oil exports. And now here you have Saudi Arabia once again sticking with its ally, Moscow, in agreeing to cut as well. And that will not sit well with all the Western countries that are trying to remain united and project a position of strength. That's the FT's U.S. Energy Editor, Derek Brower. China is trying to play a new role on the world stage, a much more assertive role. Just last month, Beijing brokered a surprise detente between Saudi Arabia and Iran. President Xi Jinping visited Russia to meet with Vladimir Putin. And at a recent political gathering in Beijing, President Xi used the words dare to fight. That's a very different approach than the one Beijing's had since the time of former leader Deng Xiaoping. So in the past, uh, China had this policy of strategic patience to let let the US you know, run its sort of rule-based world order and for China to pursue a policy of non-interference in other countries' affairs. But under Xi Jinping, it's steadily become more assertive since around 2017. And this year in particular, at the annual meeting of China's parliament and its top advisory body, Xi unveiled a new guidance a 24-character guidance in which he, he had the words, dare to fight. And this guidance was a play on a 24-character guidance issued by Deng Xiaoping 30 years earlier. But in Deng Xiaoping's version, he was advising strategic patience, hide and bide, whereas Xi is now urging cadres to be much more active. So Joe, why is Xi Jinping encouraging this more activist approach right now? So there's a number of reasons. China's economic power has grown. Uh, Xi Jinping's pursued a much more aggressive foreign policy. The military has grown exponentially under Xi Jinping. And at the same time, the US has become more aware of China's power and has started to pursue controls on, on tech and other areas to try to curtail China's uh, technological development. So Xi Jinping feels that the time has come for China to push back on all of that. 
How are other countries responding to this, especially countries that are strategic competitors to China, like the U.S. and countries in Europe, and also uh, its neighbor, Japan? How is, how is Japan reacting to this? This is, of course, creating a lot of friction. And, and you're seeing um, a lot of countries rallying together to counter this more assertive foreign policy on the part of China. So that's why we've seen alliances such as AUKUS between the UK, Australia and the US. Uh, we saw Japan and Korea recently reach a detente in their differences. The Philippines is drawing closer to the US again. Europe is suspicious of China's close relationship, of course, with Moscow. China has sought to portray itself as a peacemaker in the Ukraine conflict. And Europe wants it to use its influence in the Ukraine conflict to try to get Russia to withdraw its troops. But the West is, is deeply suspicious of, of Russia's intentions in that conflict. From the Chinese perspective, uh, China is very suspicious of NATO's motives in the Ukraine conflict. And, and China doesn't want to see a complete defeat of Russia because it sees Russia as, as a useful partner in its efforts to push back against the US. Again, this comes back to the point that China is convinced, and Xi Jinping, I think, is convinced that the US is, wants to contain what he calls the, the rejuvenation of the great nation of China. Zhou Lihi is the FT's Beijing bureau chief. Before we go, some of Russia's elites aren't happy about the war in Ukraine. But if they haven't already left the country, they may have a hard time skipping town. The FT reports that Putin's regime has become so paranoid about leaks and defections, its security services are confiscating passports of top officials and company executives. And it's not just foreign travel. Sources tell the FT that executives at a big state company aren't allowed to drive more than two hours from Moscow without official permission. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.